Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Please help me welcome TJ Malkanji. How are you doing tonight, bro? Excellent, my friend. Glad to be here. Man, I'm excited to have you on. Thank you for jumping on just last minute. I really do appreciate it. I love what God is doing with you. I know you had a broadcast today. I was actually snuck in there. Yeah, I know you probably didn't know, but I snuck in there. I was listening. Powerful stuff that God is doing, and I'm so glad that you're on here. I'm excited for tonight talking about prayer, and talking specifically tonight, we're going to talk about mistakes made in prayer. Here's the thing, TJ, people don't realize. People think that you can just pray you know, live in sin, not come in agreement, have unbelief and pray however you want. And God will just mysteriously hear your prayer. Yet throughout scripture, we see that there are conditions to prayer. And now there's many believers, TJ, that are in this broadcast that have been believers for 50 years that didn't know that there's Bible verses that tell us there's specific ways to get your prayers answered. So guys, there's nothing more important in your Christian life than having a prayer life, having this communication, having this relationship. And too many of you look at prayer as this religious duty. But I'm telling you guys, once you get the fire of God, once you get the power of God, once you get the anointing of God, it's not going to be religious duty. Prayer is not going to be something where you're like, I have to pray, but now it's going to be, I get to pray. And friend, I'm believing, let me just say this. I'm believing that after tonight, prayer is not going to be something that you have to do. Prayer is going to be something that you want to do, that there's going to be a yearning. Come on, who's in the chat tonight? There's going to be a hunger. There's going to be a desire for the place of prayer. The Bible has called us to be a people that prayer. So no prayer, no power, no prayer, no hunger, no prayer, no conviction, no prayer, no passion. People say, Isaiah, why are you and TJ so excited? Why do you guys shout? And I'm like, guys, this is an overflow of our prayer life. The reason why I can call TJ 20 minutes ago and say, bro, can you get on here and preach a word? Can you get on here and share with us? Can you? And he's like, Let's go. Like, I don't, I don't have to even think about it. Now, let me just say, most people are going to be like, oh, I can't do it. I, ha- I don't have a word. I don't have this. But guys, this is because we live in the place of prayer. We live this lifestyle. So we're not preaching something where we're like, you guys don't pray and we do. We've lived, we've had to live this thing. We've had to walk this thing out. And so I believe if we're going to be effective in these last days, if we're going to be the end time army that God is raising up, TJ, we got to be a people that prayer. There's mistakes we've made and we need to overcome those mistakes. So just go for it, man. I'm excited for tonight to talk about prayer with you yeah well like you gotta think of it this way if you're prayerless it's because you're prideful Mm. it's essentially because you think you can handle the things in life that are coming against you and you think you can handle by yourself uh the the forces of darkness uh independent of god and when you think that way you know the bible says pride comes before a fall you're gonna fall if you are uh, not in the prayer closet, if you are distant in your prayer life, if you are not consistent in your prayer life, you will not have consistent victory in life. You have to come to the point where you start to understand the truth that God's word has already made clear to us that prayer changes things. Come on. Prayer can change things. Prayer, Isaiah said it, is not some religious 
duty that we do. It's not some exercise. It's not something that we just practice so that we can have fellowship with God. There's the prayer of fellowship. There are times we worship God. There's times that we can, uh, you know, just spend an hour just thanking Jesus for everything he's done. But there's going to come a time in your life, if it hasn't already, where you're going to encounter an impossible roadblock, an impossible obstacle. And Jesus said in that day, you don't have to be helpless. You can call on me. Jeremiah 33.3 is the, the golden scripture for prayer. Call unto me, and I will not ignore you. I won't set your request aside. I will answer you. God would never invite you to pray unless he was eager to answer your prayers. He did not invite you to pray so that we can have things, we can be occupied on the earth until he comes back. The prayer life is absolutely uh, essential to the believer's victory and dominion over the forces of darkness here on this earth. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, if you will have the faith of God, you will say to the mountain, a mountain represents an impossible obstacle, represents something in your way that can't move, something that in the natural, mm. there's no ability, there's no natural force to move that thing out of the, out of the way. But the Bible says that we're not helpless against impossible situations. Jesus said, I'm going to give you, you remember the Bible says we have weapons of warfare. We're not in this world, though we walk in the flesh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal weapons. They are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. One of those weapons is the weapon of prayer. We have the ability to come before the throne of God, having been wiped clean of every sin. We can come before him in holiness. The Bible says we can approach him without um, without any blemish on us. The Bible says we can, we can come before his presence holy and above reproach come in on. his sight as though we'd never sinned, justified, just if I'd never sinned. We can come before his presence. And Jesus said, if you ask anything, anything, Anything that is harassing you, anything that's making life heavy for you, anything that's making life difficult for you, you don't have to endure it. You don't have to tolerate it. Prayer is the force that we can, it's the, the, the weapon we can exercise to not tolerate the attack of hell, but to break free from the weapons of, of darkness that have been forged against us. You know, the scripture says that no weapon formed against you shall ever prosper, but that's dependent on how you pray. If you just think things are going to sort out by themselves, you're never going to pray. If you just say, like most people say, well, time will heal all. You've made time your God and not Jesus Christ. If you're waiting for heaven for your problems to be solved, you've made death your God and not Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you don't have to wait to get to heaven. You can come to me in prayer. And if you're weary and heavy laden, I'm going to give you the rest that you ask of. I'm not going to shun your request. I'm not going to withhold good from those who walk uprightly. And, and that's the beauty. That's the, the amazing thing about prayer is that we, we do have a, a, a devil that prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. There is a devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, you, can, you, you have authority over that, and that authority is released in prayer. You have authority over sickness. That authority is released in prayer. If you're not convinced prayer changes things, let me tell you something. Acts chapter 12, the Bible says James was taken by uh, Herod and put in prison, and then he beheaded him 
before the Jews. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, they further went to arrest Peter. And Peter was scheduled for the same beheading the next morning. But the Bible says there was a difference. It's like the church caught on. They said, man, we didn't pray for James and he got beheaded. If we don't pray for Peter, he's going to get beheaded. And if we don't pray, you know, it's just going to keep on going until we do something about it. Prayer is doing something about your situation, no matter how you feel in that moment. They, the Bible says fervent prayer was made to God um, on behalf of Peter by the church. And what happened? Angels were released. You know what you're doing in the heavenly realm? When you begin to pray, it might look like nothing around you changed, but God is dispatching heavenly assistance to attend to your case. The angel came into the place where Peter was found, loosed him from his chains, made him to rise up, and said, go, left, left the city unharmed. And then Peter, who thought he was seeing a vision, finally, because obviously it wasn't his faith, faith that brought that, you know, miracle to happen, that had that miracle happen, it was, the early, it was the church praying for him. So then when he came to his senses and saw that it wasn't a dream, it wasn't a vision, and that God had indeed delivered him from the expectation of the Jewish people and the hand of Herod. Prayer, the devil has expectations for your life. The devil has a plan for your life. The devil has a blueprint to make life hard for you. Prayer derails the plans of the devil. Prayer is a restraining order that is issued when you pray, that restrains the forces of darkness, that disrupts demonic plans concerning you. As you pray, don't think nothing's happening. Things are changing in your favor. I love it, TJ. And I was just thinking as you were talking, how many things have not happened because we didn't pray. People think everything's going to happen in my life that God desires to happen, whether it's family getting saved, whether it's marriages being restored, whether it's miracles. And because of our lack of prayer life. Now, there's some of you in the chat right now. When we talk about prayer, you're bored because you're prayerless, because the flesh doesn't want to pray. Your flesh is violently warring against you. That's why in Acts chapter 16, the Bible says, as Paul was going to pray, the little girl was harassing him. The devil wasn't worried about the other believers. He was worried about when you get in the place of prayer, it's a nuclear warhead against Satan and his demons. You have to understand there is only one way to overcome, as TJ just said, the schemes and the strategies and the plans of the enemy. And so many of you, I'm just going to say it, TJ, because it's my, it's my community. I could say it. You want to be powerful against Satan, but you don't want to invest the time in prayer. And you're like, brother, I want to cast out demons. I want to lay hands on the sick. I want to deliver and you lay hands on people and they don't get healed because you're trying to withdraw from a, an account that has nothing in it. And some of you are spiritually overdrawn, like your account is overdrawn because you've not invested in the place in prayer. When you get in the place of prayer and God begins to pour his spirit into you, God begins to change you. You got to get, I'm, I'm, I should have put my standing up desk here tonight. You got to get in the place of prayer and say, I'm not leaving the place of prayer the same way I went in. If I went in, in a messed up, angry, bitter, jealous husband, when I get in the place of prayer, I'm going to walk out patient. I'm going to walk out kind. And the reason we don't pray is because we don't actually believe that something's going to happen when I pray. Something's going to shake when I pray. And I believe by the power of the Holy Ghost that tonight as we pray and we prophetically prophesy over you as we preach that something is shaking in Jesus' name, that the foundations are being shaken are being shaken right now. The Bible says, as the disciples prayed, the place began to shake. That there is a shaking that we begin to, when we begin to pray. Some of you say right now, 
I'm shaking. I'm trembling. That is the power of prayer. That is the power of God. God is challenging you. God is convicting you. Now listen, there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ. If you're in Christ and you say, Isaiah, I don't have a prayer life. Like let us, let us not talk about prayer mistakes as if every one of us has a prayer life. If you look back on the last week of your life and say, and this convicts me, TJ, I'm, I'm, I, I could preach to myself oftentimes. You guys think I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself when I'm preaching. What time did I actually spend in the place of prayer? Now you're angry at God because he hasn't healed your body. He hasn't healed your marriage. He hasn't saved your mother. He hasn't saved your cousin. He hasn't saved your kid. But I want you to stop before we decide to shake our fist at God and blame God for everything he hasn't done rather than thank him for all the things that he has done, which is our first problem. I want you to ask yourself this very convicting question, literal we're not talking spiritual chronological time this is not works i'm preaching chronological time have i spent in the place of prayer now i'm not talking i'm in alone with god in a prayer meeting i'm talking about driving to work i'm talking about war uh, being at work praying in the holy ghost under your breath you know i'll be honest guys i know all, all you guys hate masks i was walking through the airport the other day now i don't like wearing masks okay i don't think anybody's like i love wearing masks but i'll tell you one thing that happened to me the other day tj walking to the airport i felt such a conviction this was like uh, two weeks ago and such a stirring to pray the entire time i was at the airport i was praying in the holy ghost now here's the beauty of wearing a mask i didn't have to be like under my breath i could just straight up pray in the holy ghost like lips moving i was walking through the airport with my lips moving praying in the holy ghost now if that was before they would have thought i was crazy now again i hate i don't like wearing a mask but i was praying and i was going you know what the devil might have put a mask on me and tried to, you know, everyone's like prophetically the devil's mask covered the mouth of the church. I don't believe that's prophetically what the mask is, but praise the Lord if you do. But I was going, this is actually not bad because I could pray in the Holy Ghost all throughout the airport. So did I have time to spend three hours, you know, in my hotel room before I was on Sid Roth? No, but you know what? I was walking through that airport praying in the Holy Ghost and I was invoking the presence of God and I was believing that as I prayed, something began to change on the inside of me. That when I was able to get on the Sid Raw show. I was able to do the other show. I felt a new power, TJ. I felt a new hunger, a new stirring, a new desperation. But it, I think it was because I was spending hours just at the airport praying. So guys, we're asking literal time because here's the thing I see one big mistake is we get mad at God, TJ, that he's not answering our prayer, but we're mad at God. I'm going to help you and set you free tonight. If you're religious, just put it in your religious pipe and smoke this. We're mad at God for not answering prayers that we're not even praying because the Bible says you have not. Here's why. Because you ask not. It's, it's the reason why you don't have breakthrough is because you're not asking. You're, you're sitting there going, God, I want you to do that. And you're just believing God and praise the Lord for you, but you're not asking. And, and this happened to me one time. I was praying for a friend of mine and I was like, I was, I was arguing with God, like, Lord, this person's not got saved. This person's not got delivered. I was just kind of mad. I'll, I'll be honest. I was like, it was like a Jeremiah moment. Like, where, Lord, where are you? You know, and if you read the Bible, many men got, had this place with God. And I heard the Lord say this years ago. He said, Isaiah, you never even pray for that person. And he asked me this question. This is the Holy Spirit asked me how much about a specific friend of mine. Okay. A, a, my old best friend, how much literal time have you spent praying for that person in the last year? And you know what, TJ, if I was honest with you, total, probably 15 minutes in one year, I prayed for that guy. And God is going, 
You're believing for an earth-shattering encounter. You're believing for me to sweep him in the kingdom and encounter him, but you're not even willing to stand in the gap. And here's the thing, guys, and I feel a conviction of the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of God so strong. You want God to move in such a powerful way, but you're not willing to spend the time to put the energy, the effort in to saying, Lord, I'm actually going to pray and I'm going to spend my time. Now, you might say, well, brother, I don't have time. Okay, don't, don't, come on, guys. Look at your TikTok. If you, if you're going to sit here and say you don't have time to pray, I would challenge you with you don't have time not to pray. Like you don't, like I, if I don't pray, guys, I can't do anything. And why a lot of people don't pray, pr why I don't have a prayer life is because it gains you nothing in the eyes of man. Prayer is not to gain favor with man. And a lot of you are running around trying to build your social media and your TikTok and your Instagram and your business to gain favor with man, but you're not trying to pray because you're not interested in gaining favor with God. But you know, the Bible says Jesus grew in favor with man and with God. How much did Jesus pray? How many times do we see Jesus all night long praying, getting alone and praying, escaping the crowd and praying? Now, Jesus only has or he doesn't only have, he only spent three and a half years. TJ, if I was Jesus and they and you said, Isaiah, you have three and a half years to impact the entire world of gospel. Do you know what I wouldn't be doing? I wouldn't be spending 12 hours a night praying. I wouldn't be spending my time. Honestly, I would be hiring people. We got to get a stadium. We got to get people. We only have three years to do this. Most pastors, if you told them you only have three years, they wouldn't pray. Yet Jesus understood, the son of God understood, if I don't get alone with God, I can't fulfill the assignment on my life. And this is why we're begging you as we're shouting, because if you don't catch this tonight, you're never going to fulfill the call that God has in your life. So if, the, if it was good enough for the son of God, then why don't we pray, TJ? Why is it that we're not seeing our prayer answered? Why are we, why are we praying amiss? And I believe the Bible shows us many places, mistakes that we make in prayer. So we're getting in this, guys. I know we're just fired up. We're passionate because we want to see you guys thrive. I, I, I will say this right now, TJ, I need to pray more. Like I am, I will, I am not where I need to be in my prayer life. And I'm going, God, help me to make prayer. And this has been my prayer for years. Make prayer the same as breathing. Like let prayer be to oxygen like it is in my body. Breath, breath is oxygen. Breathing is oxygen. Let me be like that in prayer to where I don't have to think to breathe. Like when's the last time you thought about breathing? Like, okay, let me take a deep breath. You don't think about breathing. I'm preaching right now, not breathing. And I'm not even thinking about breathing. That's how we need to get in prayer. That's the goal is that we would pray without ceasing like we breathe without ceasing. That there would be this open portal, this ladder, Jacob's ladder, this relationship where it's me and God all the time. And it's not something I go to. Now, praise the Lord for prayer meetings. Okay, I'm loving it that the church is starting to have prayer meetings. But it's not something I go to. It is the very essence, the very fiber, the very nerve endings in my spirit is the place of prayer. And it pours out of me people are like can you just relax i can't relax because it pours out of me it's out of the place of prayer and so i'm i'm praying that we would get strong prayer life so let's go through some of these tj some mistakes guys if you're taking notes we're going to give you practical steps we're not just going to preach to you where you're all fired up and you leave and you're the same we're going to give you practical steps to start seeing your prayers answered yeah so i i would say and i love that you covered it if jesus the son of god the anointed Christ came to the earth and couldn't thrive without prayer. If Jesus did that, and Jesus said, a disciple's not above his, his teacher, it's nor good. is a servant above his master. But it's enough for a disciple to become like his teacher or a servant like his master. If Jesus needed uh, the power produced in prayer to ensure success in his life and in his ministry, how much more should we as we're not the only begotten son of God. 
We're, we're adopted children of God. We've been uh, ushered into that family now. Come on. But if Christ it showed the example of the necessity, the essential, uh, the, the essentiality of prayer, how much more should we be given to prayer? You know, David said in the Old Testament, I give myself to prayer. Wow. So now that we understand that prayer is essential, Mark chapter, uh, Matthew chapter six says, when you pray, when you give, when you fast, doesn't say if you pray, doesn't say when you feel like praying, it says when you pray, which is showing it's like a given thing. It's implied. You're going to pray. If you're a follower of Christ, you're going to pray. If you don't pray, you're going to suffer. If you do pray, you're going to see things work for you. It's like people that don't pray, things Never go right. People that do pray, it's like coincidentally, things go right. There's like a, an aura of favor on them. Things just seem to like line up for them. Because like Isaiah said, you're securing favor with God. That's the only favor that matters. He is the master helper. He is the helper of your destiny. Without his help, those that labor, labor in vain. Those that attempt to stay awake and guard the city. I, uh, Psalm 127, they stay awake in vain. If you're trying, it, 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 if you're trying to put in more hard work to produce something God's called you to do, it's not in hard work. It's going to be an intense, passionate prayer that a grace will be released to you to fulfill what God's called you to do. You know, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says he was dripping sweat droplets of blood because he knew what was about to happen the scripture says in luke's account and being in agony he prayed more fervently when you feel agony when you feel stress when you feel sorrow of heart when you feel anxiety fill your heart it's not the time to complain about your situation it's not the time prayer that's a big thing prayer is not a venting session prayer is not your diary where you're just unloading all your feelings Proverbs says, a foolish man vents all his feelings. It's a wise man that holds them back. Prayer is not you coming before God and, and just venting. This Why is this going wrong? Why is this uh, upside down? Why didn't you do this? How come you haven't fulfilled this? You do that, you're going to irritate God. Because the Bible says, neither complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Prayer is our divine right and privilege to approach God to 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 for his intervention in the affairs of man. Can you say amen? So what are some prayer mistakes, most common prayer mistakes that people make? I'm going to say number one, and uh, it's not in my notes, but it just came to my spirit, is not entering into his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. If you just jump into prayer, beating your chest like some nutcase, God, how, I mean, you try and get to like a president's office, just try and storm into the Oval Office and start yelling at the president. See how that'll turn out for you. See how, 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 how that'll work. You'll be escorted out of the Oval Office, out of the White House, and get thrown out and banned. And if the, um, someone who, own, who, who uh, holds a natural office, like the president of a nation, has such an order, and decorum in, in approaching him. How much more is the king of the universe have a, a specific process that you have to go through to approach his throne? And part of that, Psalm 100 says, we have to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart and into his courts with praise. John chapter 11, before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, 
This skips over most people's attention. But before he raised Lazarus from the dead, before he, 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 he went for his miracle, he said in the presence of all, Father, I thank you. He first took time to thank God the Father because he heard him and he said, I know that you always hear me, but for the sake of those nearby, I thank you that you always hear me. And then he called forth Lazarus. You know, you look at... Um, at Paul and Silas, they were praying, but then they realized, man, we haven't even thanked God yet. While they were in prison in Acts chapter 16. So they switched on the, 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 the switch of praise. And they started to just thank God. They were in the midst of a, they were in a dark dungeon, locked away, scheduled for execution in the morning. And the Bible says they began to praise God with voices loud and high so that the prisoners heard them. What happened when they praised God? The power of God shook that found the foundation of that prison. Everyone's chains were unlocked. Everyone's prison doors were open. There are things you've been complaining about that just 15 minutes of praise would have ushered in God's presence to deal it out in your favor. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. The scripture says in Ephesians that in everything we are to give thanks to God the Father for this is his will for us in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for us. It's his will. God, I don't know what your will is. Praise him. That's clearly outlined in the Bible. Let everything that has breath, breath, praise the Lord. The Bible says that uh, David, before he did anything, the reason why he had supernatural victory every step of the way was because he was a praise addict. He said, let, um, uh, let praise continually be offered from my mouth. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be offered out of my mouth. Hebrews says we are to continuously offer up the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. And when you do the will of God in giving him thanks, the Bible says in Hebrews, after you've done the will of God, you will receive the promise. You're not entitled to asking anything until you have lifted up holy hands without wrath or doubting and said, Father, I thank you. Until you God for what he's done, you're not entitled for what he'll do. Until you thank God for the past victories, you're not going to ever walk into present day victory. Until you begin to learn to lift up hands and say, Father, the death I should have died, thank you per for preserving me from it. Father, the sickness that should have killed me, thank you for healing me from it. Father, the marriage that was in shambles, thank you for restoring it for me. Father, my children that weren't serving the Lord, thank you that they've come home and that they're serving the Lord. Father, the power of the lion, the power of the bear that was sent to destroy me, thank you for delivering me from those things. And that will put an assurance in you and a boldness that God who didn't fail you then is not about to start now. I tell you, God who didn't fail you then, some of you need a reminder that the same God who delivered you from the paw of the lion is the same God that's going to deliver you from this Goliath that's been mouthing off at you. There's nothing impossible with God. Do you think you finally have found a case that God is worried about? Do you think you're that special? You're not that special. There's no problem such as is common to man. And God is faithful. He will provide a way of escape. But you'll never get that way of escape until you, want, you walk through the gates of praise. So good. The Bible says we enter his presence with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Guys, this is essential. I want to go into another one, TJ. You're preaching so strong. I'm, I'm sitting here about to fall out of my chair. I'm trying not to fall out here. But the next one is people don't pray 
in the name of Jesus. They pray to the name of Jesus. In John 16, 23, truly I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything, but here's the key, in my name. So when you ask, you gotta ask in my name. You don't ask to my name, you ask in my name. Here's what the Bible says, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. So we're in John chapter 16, and Jesus says, up until this point, you guys have been with me, you have not asked the Father. Now here's what Jesus is saying. I thought by this point, you guys would have seen the way that I pray, and you would have seen the way I go to the Father, and you would have been like, we should try to ask the Father, because how many know when Jesus prays, he gets his prayers answered? So you would think the disciples would have looked at him and said, wow, look at the way he prays to the Father. What if we went to the Father, not in our name, not in the name of Peter, not in the name of Paul. Come on, friend, we don't pray to saints. You don't need to pray through Mary. You don't need to pray to other people's names. You don't need to pray in the name of Isaiah or the God who Isaiah preaches about. Go look at Acts 19 when the sons of Sceva did that. You'll end up, you'll end up getting beat up by the demons. He said, I'm, I would wonder if the disciples would catch on and say, wait a minute, let's pray, but let's not go in the name of Peter. Let's pray in the name of Jesus because Jesus gets his prayers answered and we could take on his authority. And Jesus says, now some of you say, well, no brother, that's after Jesus died. No, this is John 16. Jesus is not, has not gone to the cross. And he said, when you ask, you gotta ask the father in my name and he'll give it to you. If you ask in your name, you'll get nothing. And then he says, until now, you've asked for nothing in my name ask and you will receive so how do i ask i ask in the name of jesus so when we pray in jesus name we're coming to god not in our power now this is why tj we could have the worst day ever we could feel all messed up all beat up we could feel unrighteous we could feel stressed out we could feel anxious we could feel uneducated unqualified uncalled someone in the chat earlier said i'm gonna give up i can't do it i'm not this i'm not that sister here's what i want to say to you you're right you're not that. You're not strong enough. Your righteousness is filthy rags, but guess what the beautiful part is? You don't have to come in your name. You don't have to pray in your name. You could have a week or a day from hell and come in the name of Jesus because here's what we do when we come in Jesus' name and pray in Jesus' name. We're not coming in the power of what we've done. We're coming in the power of what he's done on the cross and we're given his authority and now we're eligible with the righteousness of God to go to God as if we'd never sinned. I used this illustration one time, TJ, I said, you know, you might have a friend that's a police officer and you're not a police officer and you go to your friend's house and you put on their uniform and you went out in their uniform, right, to direct traffic. Even though you're not really an officer, you've never went to the academy, you're not on the SWAT team, you've never had a training, you don't know how to shoot a gun, you don't know how to direct traffic, people are gonna literally listen to you because they respect you because of your uniform and your badge. Here's what Jesus is saying. You're not qualified, Acts 4.13. You're not educated, you're not skilled, you don't have the power to move heaven, but guess what? You can put on my uniform, my badge, that's what, power and authority, and you can go directing traffic and everyone's gonna listen, and all of a sudden, heaven's going to respond because you came in my name, you've put me on. And so this is what happens, and this is why, TJ, the Bible says, we put on Christ. We put on Christ because when we put on Christ, we're able to come in his power and his authority. Luke 10, 17, demons were powerless because of his name. Mark 16, 17, the Bible says you can cast out demons in his name. Acts 3, 6, healing happens in his name. Acts 4, 12, 4, 12 salvation is only by his name. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, we're justified in his name. Matthew 28, 19, we're baptized in his name. Colossians 3, 17, everything we do or say, the Bible says is in his name. So here's what we do, guys. When we're praying, and I'll 
turn you, you could talk about this too, TJ. When we pray in his name, not to his name, by the way, I stole that from TJ. Here's what we're able to do, guys. We're able to say, I have no power. That's literally what you do. When I come and pray in his name, I say, I have no power. I'm bankrupt. I'm poor. Isaiah Saldivar has no influence in the spiritual realm. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to admit that I'm bankrupt. And by praying in the name of Jesus, I'm throwing off my old self, putting on Christ. And guess what? Heaven starts shaking. Heaven starts moving. Angels start responding. Because the Bible says the angels carry our prayers. They're ministering spirits sent to serve the heirs of salvation. And the angels respond when we begin to pray in Jesus' name. Heaven begins to move. And here's the thing, TJ. I think very few people, when they pray in Jesus' name, they don't pray in his name. They pray to his name. And I think we got to start praying in his name. Yeah, because it's, it's ultimately unscriptural to, to pray to Jesus. Come on. Jesus himself said, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. He, Jesus himself said that um, I'm not going to say that I'll pray the Father for you. you. The Father himself loves you. God wants to hear your voice. You know, prayer is the, the voice of faith. God wants to hear your faith voice vocalized in his ears. And I'll say something. You can use the name of Jesus not only to pray for things, you can use the name of Jesus to pray against things. Come on. There are things that you pray for in life, and there are things that you pray against. You don't have to pray about devils. You don't have to pray on, about anything that Satan would be messing up in your life. You don't have to pray about any demonically inspired attack against your life. You have been given a name that is mm. above every other name that at the mention of the name of Jesus, it's not even the pleading of the name of Jesus. It's not the begging of the name of Jesus, just the mention of the name of Jesus Christ from a heart of faith. When you understand what backs that name, all of heaven's power, all of heaven's resources, and the angels attend to requests made in that name. The Bible says at the mention of the name, it holds power and authority in all three realms, in heaven, on earth, and in hell. And the Bible says you can, John 16 is referring to prayer. You'll ask the Father in my name and he'll give you that your joy may be full. John 14 Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's not talking about prayer. That's talking about demanding things in Jesus' name. Not demanding from God. Demanding the devil take his hand off your children. Demanding the devil take his hand off your body. Do you remember when the disciples, the 72, came back after they had been... Um, sent out to minister in Luke chapter 9, they returned not with great sorrow of heart. Hey, Jesus, you told us we can use your name. And all we did was get our tail kicked in. We Nothing worked. We, we tried to do miracles. Nothing ever. No. They returned with great joy. And they said, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. Jesus said, don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you. Rather, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. If you're born again, if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, you have a legal right to use the name of Jesus to demand anything that's screwed in your life to be turned back to normal 
in, in using that name, Jesus said, I'm going to do things. I'm going to pull some strings from heaven and enforce that thing in your favor. That's the beauty of praying in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John. They obviously didn't just hear Jesus say that in John 14. They went on to say, hey, let's test this thing out. They see a man at the gate called Beautiful, a cripple who had never walked, whom they laid daily at the gate called Beautiful, and he would ask charity donations from them that passed by. Seeing the man in that condition, the man looked back and began to ask for alms or donations. Peter and John looked on them and said, hey, silver and, God, uh, silver and gold we do not have. Meaning they weren't confessing poverty. They weren't saying we don't have money, we're really poor. They were saying we don't have enough money to cure paralysis. There's not enough finances in the world even to this day. People are paralyzed and stay paralyzed unless a miracle pulls through. So there's not enough gold or silver in the financial system to, 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 to bring about a miracle of modern science that would help you to walk again. But they didn't end there. But such as we do have. You see, if you would understand that the name of Jesus on your tongue, that what is impossible with men is possible when you begin to issue out, demand things in that name. They said such as we do have. They recognized they had the name. They didn't just sing about the name and pray about pray in the name and talk about the name oh isn't the name of jesus wonderful oh his name is so good no they used the name stop just holding a name in like a plastic box on your your, your table at home and just using it like almost like an artifact. Wow, what a beautiful name it is. Yeah, it's a beautiful name, but there's power that's been vested in that name that when you speak it out of humble lips, that power will submit enemies of your destiny. That power will submit the adversary no matter where you're going. They said in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And what was deemed impossible, paralysis, immediately, hallelujah, you ain't have to wait six years. You're not going to have to wait 10 decades. The Bible, 10 decades, 100 years, goodness gracious. The Bible says God created the whole world in six days. He's not going to need more than five minutes to sort things out for you. There's nothing the devil's done to you or your family or your business or your home that the name of Jesus can't deal and do something about it here and now. Hallelujah. So good, so good. Let's go into the third mistake. You are on fire. You are preaching strong. I know some people are right in the chat. They're running around their house. They're shouting you down. This is guys. We're listen. We're we might be young. How old are you, TJ? By the way, twenty-eight. Okay, you're twenty-eight. I'm gonna turn thirty this month, guys. We might be young, but we got that old school fire up in our bones. That old school preach up mm. in our bones. We're not gonna apologize for being passionate, for being radical. People say I don't like watching Isaiah. You yell. I get that comment all the time. You know, I tell them, then go find someone else who doesn't. There's there's plenty of preachers that don't shout, that don't get excited, that aren't passionate, that you can go watch. But I want someone that's gonna preach the fire in my bones. I want someone that's like Jeremiah that says I'm trying to shut up. There is a fire shut up in my bones that was that is making me not be able to contain the passion the hunger and the praise and so that that's why you're here tonight you're not here for some Chuck E. Cheese calm complacent you're here to get empowered to get equipped so that you don't have to live your life not seeing your prayers answered now here's what I don't want to do DJ I don't want to end up at 50 years old and then find out oh these are why the last 30 years I haven't had my prayers answered I want to know now why is it I'm not seeing prayers answered and why God is not responding? So let's move into what, what do we got next, TJ, for our next prayer? I know that's number two was praying in the name of Jesus. Praying in the name of Jesus. And I'll, 
there's one that I don't have in my notes, but I, I, it's a good one to add, is you need to approach the throne of God with a righteousness conscious. Come on. You can approach God's throne thinking of yourself as some vile, dirty, condemned sinner. You were a sinner. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, you were at that time dead in sin. You were. I think most people in uh, Christianity just need a basic grade two English class to know past, present, and future. Come the Bible on. doesn't say you are a sinner. It says you were dead in sin. You were dead in the trespasses of your flesh. You were at that time cut off from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers to the covenants of promise. The Bible says you walked according to the course of this world and were controlled by the spirit of disobedience that is now in the sons of disobedience. And you were by nature a child of wrath, destined mm. for wrath. Imagine if Ephesians 2 ended there and Paul said, proceeding on further. What a miserable chapter that would be. But the scripture says he moved on to say, but God, but God, pay special attention to the but gods in the Bible. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love that he has for you. Even when we were dead in sins, he made us alive together with Christ Jesus. Then he didn't just stop there. That's where a lot of Christians stop. Amen. I'm alive in Christ. Come yeah, on. but he didn't stop there. He made you alive and then he took you out of the tomb and he raised you up to be seated in Christ in heavenly places. So that now in, um, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says we now can come. Having, we now have boldness to enter into the holiest of places, into the very place where God's spirit dwells. We now have boldness to enter into the holiest of places by the blood of Jesus. Too many people call, uh, they, they consider the blood of Jesus like a common thing. They just use, the, you know, let it slip out of their tongue as if it's some common thing. Understand, brother and sister, without that blood, we would not be able to stand before God with, with righteousness. It's the blood that cleanses us. It's the blood that took your sin, whatever you've mm. done in the past. As far as the east is from the west, it's been blotted out of his sight. That's why Isaiah 43, 25 and 26, the Bible says that... Um, Put me in remembrance of my word when you come to me in prayer. Good. State your case that me, you may be acquitted. Then it moves on to say, for I have made a covenant with you and at your sins and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more. So quit approaching God as some with some false humility. Uh, how many of you know we're just wretched human, deprived human beings? You know, there's nothing good in us. We're just, you know, ultimately... Uh, we should be even content that God hasn't squashed us like a little bug. And, you know, God, if you have a little on, extra DJ. time on your hands today, I just have one little thing. You're not going to get any, any prayers answered. The Bible says we're to come boldly before his throne room of grace and mercy to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How does that boldness come? That bold, that's why the old system of sacrifice didn't work. It didn't work because they still had the consciousness of sin, Hebrews 9 says. They still carried sin in their conscience. They still felt guilty. 
That's why the blood of Jesus doesn't just, it didn't just forgive you. Quit thinking that the blood just forgave. It did more than just forgive. It gave you remission of sins, that your sin nature now has been extracted. That sin nature has been removed. That sin nature has been cut off from you. That now it's no longer I who lives. Christ now lives in me and I can boldly approach his throne based on the righteousness of Christ and not on the cleanness of my own hands. That's why the scripture says in Psalm 22, uh, 24, who can ascend the hill of the most high? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. And in Proverbs, it says, who can say I've made my hand clean? Who can say I'm pure of heart? None. The Bible says if, if, if God should mark our iniquity, who could stand before wow. him? It took the blood for us to come before his presence. It took the blood for us to ascend the hill. And now we can stand before him without any sense of inferiority, any sense of condemnation, any sense of guilt. And God said, I'm giving you a blank check endorsed by the name of Jesus. And you can fill it out with any promise in my word and wow. heaven's resources, heaven's power and heaven's all of heaven will stand behind it and get it done for you. I love what you said there, TJ, because so many people come to God. I've done this before. Timid, shy, embarrassed, like God won't respond. And you were talking about in Hebrews 4, where it says, let us draw near to, let us draw near with confidence. But here's what I love what it says, to the throne of grace. And this is what I want to point out, guys. We are praying to someone on a throne. Now, you're not going to pray if you don't have a revelation of who you're praying to. You're not going to pray if you don't understand that he can't help you, that he can help you. It's like asking your 95-year-old grandmother to come help you move furniture. You're never going to ask her. You would never dare to ask your 95-year-old grandmother because you know she's not able to help me. And this is why you don't pray because you don't truly believe that the person that you're praying to is not blind is not deaf. Now you're saying, of course I know that. Well, the, the Old Testament, they didn't know that. That's why he told Jeremiah, all your gods have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. They have mouths, but they don't speak. But Jeremiah, you have to understand, I'm not like any of your other gods. I am the only God that you know of that has eyes that see, ears that hear. My arm, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, is not weak. My arm is not short. My ear is not deaf to your prayers. I'm not weak. I'm not anemic. I'm not far off. Brent, you got to realize that God God that you're praying to. The God you're praying to is not just a king. He's the king of all kings. He's not just a Lord. He's the Lord over every Lord. He reigns supreme. The Bible says the earth is his footstool. When God takes a break, he puts his feet up. The earth is what he rests them on. He's not a stoic far off. The Bible says that he is Emmanuel, that he is the God that dwells among us, that the Bible says that the heavens and the earth obey the Lord. And how many know that if he could move waves, if he could speak to creation and the wind and the waves, this is one of my favorite verses, top five favorite verses, uh, TJ, in the whole Bible. When Jesus is in the storm and he wakes up and rebukes the storm and the disciples look around and here's what they say. What's up, Mike? Pastor Mike, love you, bro. Here's what the disciples say. What, this is the actual translation. What type of man, what type of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? We, we, we thought we knew who he was, but this guy is a certain type of man, not a normal man, that creation obeys him. It's like when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire and the King Nebuchadnezzar said, there's, there's someone in the image of a God. That's all I know how to say, that there's a God man in the fire, that friend, the God that you are praying to is not a 95 year old that can't move furniture. He is the God that is everlasting. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob before there 
was he was. He declared the very end of the story before he wrote the first sentence of the story. And he says, I want you to approach me, little you, little one speck of a billion people. Now, why can I come boldly? Because what TJ said, the shed blood of Jesus. He said, and if you come to me, you'll find grace in your time of need. Now, I don't want to just pray when I have need, I want to pray even without need. But Hebrews 10 says, therefore, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, here's how we enter, by the blood of Jesus. So we have confidence because of the blood of Jesus. Now Isaiah has no confidence in himself. I have zero confidence to go to God. But what gives me confidence is I know that by, according to Hebrews 10:19, uh, by the shed blood of Jesus, I don't have to be timid. People want me to back down, be calm, be timid, stop talking about spiritual warfare. I don't have to be because my confidence is not found in my followers. It's not found in my view count. Because here's the bottom line, y'all. Viewers are going to go up and down. Followers are going to go up and down. Finances are going to go up and down. Relationships are going to go up and down. Some months, I'm going to have a bunch of pastors in, right? Like I am right now. I'm the flavor of the month. Praise the Lord. Other months, no one's going to care about who Isaiah Salvar is. So what do I put my faith in? My faith is in the shed blood of Jesus because it remains the same. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter what you say about me, whether you like me, love me, or hate me, want to persecute me, or want to praise me, the blood of Jesus remains the same. The work that he did on the cross, there's no devil in hell that could snatch that away from you. There's no devil in hell. People tell me all the time, a demon keeps telling me that I'm beyond being forgiven. I can't be forgiven. That is a lie. That's a demon. The devil is a liar. That there was blood shed on your behalf so that you can boldly come so if i don't come boldly oh i feel the holy ghost tj so strong tonight if i don't come boldly here's what i'm saying to god what you did was not enough i need you to do more for me and let me just say something what jesus did on the cross the fact that god sent his only begotten son emptied out the bank account of heaven bankrupt wrote a check that made heaven bankrupt he sent his very best possession will be the most, the biggest, the greatest, and the only thing God will ever need to do for all of human history, for you to be sanctified, glorified, washed, righteous, to stand before God. He doesn't need to do more. So when you don't come boldly, what you're saying is, the work you did on the cross, according to Hebrews 10, 19, the work you did on the cross was not enough. I'm weak, I'm a grasshopper, and Jesus, I need you to do more. And God looks down and says, so you're telling me I bankrupt heaven and I gave you everything and you're asking me for more as if it wasn't good enough? As if you're still defeated? Friend, do you realize that when you're dragging yourself around like you're some defeated, weak couch Christian, do you understand that you're telling Jesus the thing that he did on the cross wasn't enough for you? That when you're not walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, you're telling Jesus he was a liar when he said, I must go. It's better for me to go so that I can send the helper, the Holy Spirit. But by your weak, anemic, uh, crippled Christianity, you're telling Jesus what you did was enough. And I'm here tonight to say, Lord, what you did on the cross was enough. If you never do another thing, if you never heal another person, if we never have a broadcast with 5,000 people, it doesn't matter. If, if next week I get on, there's 30 of you live. What you did on the cross was enough to keep me going, to keep me fired up, to keep me preaching, and to keep me bold. So we need to keep our eyes focused. What TJ said, the righteousness to come boldly before the throne of grace, to come boldly before God. All right, I know we're going longer, guys, but you already know if you got Isaiah and TJ both on here, both of us, we stream for like over two hours. Like, I think we're the only ones I know that will stream for two hours and be like, oh, are we still on our intro? So we're going to go into the next one here. But yeah, let's go into number four. This is all good stuff. I'm getting rocked as I'm sharing and as TJ sharing tonight.
Uh, I would say a good way to move on would be kind of not the opposite, but what is an essential component to what we just talked about. You know, we can talk about the blood, we can talk about forgiveness, we can talk about redemption all we want. But if you've not repented from sin, come on, and are not living a holy life, like I said before, you're trampling on the blood of the Son of God underfoot. And the Bible says, how much worse punishment do you suppose you'll be worthy of? You'll never secure blessing with God living an unholy lifestyle. Holiness is the bedrock upon which every successful prayer life is built. Wow. Holiness is the bedrock upon which every successful prayer life is built. Isaiah 59 says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it can't save, nor is his ear heavy that it can't hear. Because they were probably having a time where there wasn't any answered prayer. God, we're wow. calling out. Nothing's happening. Is your arm shortened? Is your ear heavy? Is your ear deafened? And Isaiah says, no, that's not the problem. If you're not seeing answers to prayer, first of all, if your prayer life does not produce answers, you need to change something somewhere. Mm. Just doing something. Well, I pray, brother. I pray six hours a day. What do you have to show for it? You can pray until you're blue in the face and your veins popping off the sides of your face and you're, you're sweating profusely. If there's no results, if there's no proof, then your faith is fake and there's no use... There's no use doing it. Unbelief cannot pray. Unbelief can only utter words. And in the same vein, unrepented sinners cannot pray. The Bible says, David said, if I had regarded iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. So if you have sin in your heart, yes, the blood of Jesus is real and it gives us boldness, but the blood of Jesus is not applied to everyone who just says the blood of Jesus. The Bible says, repent and be converted so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. In Acts chapter 2, they were pricked to the heart. And they said, what must we do to be saved? What must we do to have right standing with God? What must we do to ascend the hill? Peter said, there's no work of your own. There's no amount of money that you can pay off God. There's no uh, amount of, of, of efforts that you can put in to restore that, br- that broken bridge in relationship with God. But he said, let each of you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And then the gift of the Holy Ghost will come to you. So what does Isaiah says? What does Isaiah say? But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. John 15 says, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you, he that has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he that loves me, I will answer him. I will disclose myself to him. I manifest myself to him the bible says you have not because you ask not and then some of you are asking but you're asking amiss you're not asking with a with pure motives you're not asking with with uh with a, a pure heart you're not asking based on on christ's righteousness and so the scripture says as a result your prayers are going unanswered and that should trigger an alarm in you if you're living with a guy that's not your husband if you're living with a girl that's not your wife if you're out there uh you know drinking every night and you you haven't stopped that habit you're out there watching things on Netflix that you shouldn't be watching and you're then Psalm 50 says, what right have you to take my covenant in your mouth, seeing that you cast my word behind you and trample on all my my instructions? 
So God's not an idiot. God's not stupid. God's not like, well, you know what? I'll overlook those. No, you've been made aware that the Christian lifestyle is a lifestyle of repentance and of holiness. Without holiness, no man can see God. God's not overlooking that just because, you know, his love trumps all. His love is in line with his justice and his justice is not exempt from his love. They both come in hand in hand. God's a just God and God is angry at the wicked every day. He desires to help you. He desires to, to, the Bible says, to be a very present help in time of trouble. But the Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. The scripture says when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. You can't reap a life of blessing sowing the seed of sin. You cannot reap a life of blessing, the harvest of miracles and answered prayer, as you continuously sow the seed of sin. You need to get rid of sin before sin gets rid of you. So, so good, man. I'm getting rocked here, guys. Um, let's talk about this one that you just touched on, having the right motive. See, you got to, guys, understand over and over, the Bible says that God searches the intents of our hearts and our motives. So we might think that God doesn't know our motives, but when we're praying, he's not as concerned what we ask for when we pray, but what he's concerned with is why we want what we're asking for. And in James 4, 2, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. And so again, we're seeing James echo what Jesus already said, but here's what he says. You ask and you do not receive. So James is about to tell us, I hope you know this, why our prayers are not being answered. So you might be in here saying, you know, there's no way to teach how to get prayers answered. Okay, James is about to teach how to get your prayers answered. And specifically, James is gonna tell you, here's why your prayers are not being answered. Okay, and I don't wanna just pray my whole life and them not be answered. He says this, you ask and you do not receive. So you're asking, you're praying, and you're not getting an answer to prayer. He said, because you ask, with wrong motives, here's why, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. He's saying you're asking God to do things because you're wanting to get things from God so that you can spend it on your own pleasures. Like you're praying for a spouse just because you're tired of being single and lonely and you don't really wanna be like a godly marriage and really serve God and know God. You're literally just praying so that you can benefit yourself and spend it on your own pleasures. You're asking God, I wanna get a good job and God knows if I give you the job, you're never gonna to come to church. You're never going to. You just want the job to get more money to spend it on your own pleasures. So you're asking with wrong motives so that you can spend it. You're self-centered in your prayers. You're aiming to gain your own comfort, your own personal satisfaction. And here's what I wanna say about God. He's not very interested in your own pleasures. Like TJ, I've had a really hard time finding a verse in scripture where it says God wants to, you to live a very comfortable, pleasurable life. Like I see over and over, if you serve me, you're going to be persecuted. The world's gonna hate you. Now, will there be benefits? Of course. There's gonna be benefits of deliverance, of healing, of breakthrough, of love, of joy, of peace, of the fruits of the spirit, of the gifts of the spirit. That's not what I'm saying. It's, a, it's the best life you'll ever live. But you have to understand this idea that God wants you to go to church on Sunday and give 10% so you can get a new I, a new uh, five series BMW and upgrade from your three series. Like it's just not scriptural. Does God want you blessed? Of course he wants you blessed. But if our prayers are selfish, if our motives are selfish, next time you pray, I don't want you just to pray. I want you to say, what are my motives to getting this prayer answered? I want to ask myself the motives. Now you might say, um, and here's your next question. Okay, Isaiah, because you guys are preaching strong tonight. What is the right motive for praying? Like if you're telling me my motives are wrong, then I hope you're going to tell me what's the right motives. I'm so glad you asked chat. Here's, here's the right motives. John 14. This is what he says. 
Whatever you ask in my name, listen to what he's about to say. Okay, now Jesus is teaching on prayer. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. Okay, so anything you ask in my name, I'm going to do it. But here's the conditions. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So what is the right condition I'm having myself tonight, the right motive to getting my prayer answered? Here's the right motive. Write this down. Is that the answer to my prayer will bring glory to God. That is the key to getting your prayer answered. Jesus said, if you pray, I'll do anything you ask. Like when he says anything, he means he's like, whatever you ask. But here's the key. It has to bring glory to the Father through the Son. So if you're asking God to do something, and ask yourself this, will this answer bring honor to me or will it bring glory to God? If I'm praying, now listen, if I'm praying for God to grow my ministry, Isaiah Saldivar is praying, right? Lord, grow the ministry, advance your kingdom. Am I praying that God would grow the ministry so that my income could increase, so that the little number above our heads right now that says 2,800 people, so that that could go up? Am I praying so I could have more followers on TikTok? Why? Or is, is that my, my motive? Because God can search the motive. God has a search engine called motive where you can search out why you're praying. Or am I genuinely, TJ, on the very core of me, like the inward part of me praying, saying, Lord, I genuinely want to see people saved. I could care less about the number above my head. I can care less about the amount of money that comes in. I genuinely want to grow my ministry so more people could hear the gospel because God says one prayer is God grow my ministry. The other prayer is God grow my ministry. And here's the thing. This prayer gets answered. This prayer doesn't get answered. Here's why. Because this motive is I want to see the number go up. I want to see the finance increase. I want more people to like me. I want more pastors to know who I am. This one says, God, I genuinely want my ministry to grow because I want to advance your kingdom. Do you guys see that's the same prayer? But Jesus said, if you're praying with the wrong motives, you're asking for things that are not in my will, then you're not going to answer your prayer. So it could be the right prayer, but the wrong motive. So ask yourself, what is the motive? Okay, let's go into one more mistake, guys. We're going strong tonight. We're going to go into one more because we are an hour and 15 in. And then, because I want to make sure we spend some time praying for you guys, we're going to pray the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray healing and we're going to pray for the chat. So don't leave. Let's go into one more, TJ. I'm going to pass it over to you and then we'll start praying for people. I would say a good way to end these common mistakes made in prayer. The one, man, I'm going to try and combine these two into one because I go think for it. two it's good. Are very important. But not tying scripture to your prayer Say request it. is a terrible mistake most people most people uh, make when they pray they think god's going to hear it. them understand this let this ring in your ears and in your heart today god is not moved understand this before you like lash out on me god is not moved by affliction he does not answer affliction god answers effective communication there are many people on planet earth that needs everyone needs salvation not everyone is saved because you have to believe the word of salvation and then receive christ in your heart repent from sin and turn to god in faith so and and that happens when you what you tie a scripture god how do you get saved god you you said in your word that you raised Christ Jesus from the dead. I believe it. According to the scriptures, Christ was raised from the dead. Number two, 
You said, if I'll confess you as Lord and Savior of my life, I will be saved. So you take those two together, those two scriptures, and you put them together. Now you come before God. Father, I thank you that I can receive salvation in my heart. I thank you that I don't have to wonder if I'm going to make heaven. I thank you that I don't have to wonder if the rapture would have happened today, where I'd spend my eternity. I can know that I have everlasting life based on those two scriptures. If you're believing God for healing, Tell me, what scriptures are you standing on? If the foundations be destroyed, Psalm 11:3, what more can the righteous do? If you, the foundation of every prayer life is based on your scripture, your knowledge of scripture, your understanding of scripture. If you can't tie scriptures to your desire for healing, God's not hearing you just because I want healed. There's so many people, God, I need to be healed. Great, that's a hope. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope by itself, the Bible says hope um, prolonged makes the heart sick. You can hope all you want and it won't bring anything. Jesus didn't say, as you hope, so shall it be unto you. He says, as your faith is, so be it unto you. And faith begins where the will of God is known, believed, and acted upon. So what do you do? You need healing in your body. You should tie. Here's a practical practical thing. You should have a, like a, almost like prayer points for everything you're praying for. And then tie a minimum of three scriptures that you're standing on to receive that thing. Three, three promises from God's word that you can now come before him, put him in remembrance of his own word. You're taking his promise to his throne. And the Bible says he cannot deny himself. And he's honored his word above his name. That's why 1 John 5.14 says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What's his will? God's will is not some mysterious thing in the heavens. God's will is not some complicated, complex uh, um, diagram or something. God's will is made in black, white, and red. Some scriptures in red. It's the scriptures. And the Bible says, if we ask anything according to his will, his word, he hears us. Then it doesn't stop there. Because all if all God did was hear us, what good would that do? Oh, thanks for hearing me. You know, now who's next? Let me hear some other cases. No, that's what Luke 18 says. The unjust judge. He heard the widow pr pray and ask, her for, ask him for justice from her adversary for many, many years. Nothing changed because he did not fear God. And he, the judge did not regard the person of men. He didn't care for people. But then... The Bible says, as she persevered and continually came, he, he got annoyed and said, though I don't care about this woman, and though I don't care about God, I'm going to give her justice lest she wearies me out. Jesus moves on to say, hear what the unjust judge said. Notice he says, an unjust judge. God's not an unjust judge. God is a good God. God did not withhold his own son. He spoke. He didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. And he said, if you ask, I'm not going to withhold, I'll re you'll receive. If you seek, I'm not going to hold it back. You shall find. If you knock, I'm not going to jam the door shut. I'm going to open it for you. And you evil people know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your good heavenly father give good things to those that ask? Bible doesn't say he just hears us. He says he hears us and we know. We don't have to be unsure. We don't have to put if it be thy will. We can know his will, pray his will, tie three scriptures to our request and he'll hear us. And we know that when he hears us, we have, we have, we have, not we will have, not we're looking to obtain. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, therefore what things soever ye pray, 
You ask in prayer. Believe that you have received them. I'm not believing that I will receive it. I am believing when I pray. The moment I pray in faith, I have the answer for what I've prayed for. And the Bible says he'll not deny you. He'll not deny you. And then that moves into like kind of like uh, what I wanted to move on to that other point was that after you've prayed in faith, you know, you believe in God for healing. Three scriptures you can stand on. Exodus 15, 26. God said, I am the Lord who healeth thee. You can take Jeremiah. I believe it's in chapter 8 where it says God is the balm of Gilead that heals. Then you can go to um, Mark chapter uh, Mark chapter 5. When the woman touched the, the, the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, and immediately, straightway, she was made well of that affliction. Then bonus one, go to 1 Peter 2:24. The Bible says that he bore his our sins in his body, that we being dead to sin might live to righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. There's four scriptures. So that now when the devil comes in and tries to mess with your mind and say, do you really think God heard you? Do you really think that God's going to actually answer that prayer? You can reply, yes, devil. I, I know that he will answer that prayer because devil, it is written. And God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that should change his mind as he has spoken. So shall it be as he has declared. So shall it come to pass. He's the Lord God. He changes not what he said he meant. And he meant what he said. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's never failed. And he aren't going to ruin or tarnish his record so that you can have confidence. Now, God, you believe in God for a spouse, like Isaiah said? Don't just say, God, I'm lonely. I need a spouse. Lord, you said he that finds a spouse finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Scripture 1, Proverbs 18, 22. Scripture 2, you said in, in Psalm 84, 11, that you don't withhold good things from them that walk uprightly. I'm saved. I walk uprightly. You said he that finds a spouse finds a good thing, and you don't withhold good things. And then... Matthew says, what God has brought together, let no man put asunder. Talking about marriage. God, you're the one that brings marriages together. There's three scriptures. I tell you, you bring God, bring, bring uh, those three scriptures to God, and it'll, <laughs> you'll be married within the year. There, it's, it would be impossible not to get married. Come on. Fry or TJ. So here's what we're going to do, guys. We've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes on prayer, on mistakes we made. Now we're going to pray. This is the moment. Now don't get off here and say, oh, I'm going to check out. That's the problem, guys. The problem is we don't put a priority on prayer. I believe tonight. I feel it in my spirit. Guys, when Bishop Boone texted me, I thought, well, maybe we'll cancel. But then the next thought I had was people need to get healed. Like if we canceled people that need to get healed and delivered tonight that God had on his calendar, God is God sovereign, of course, but God understand God works and ties his sovereignty into the workings of men are not going to get healed if we decide just to cancel tonight God wants to heal you he wants to deliver you and those that have been praying and going God now I don't ever want to just skip through this because you know everyone is the same no I know there's a lot of you new people I saw you in the beginning first time in the chat God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit he wants to fill you with his power I'm so convinced of this Jesus told the disciples do not leave the upper room until the Holy Spirit. You need to stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here's why. Because you can't do what I've called you to do without it. Friend, I am 100%. You cannot talk me out of this. You cannot convince me otherwise. It is impossible to fulfill the full calling of God. I'm not saying that you'll die and go to hell. I'm saying it's impossible to fulfill the full calling of God if you That's don't right. have the Holy Spirit. Now, Isaiah, I want it. He wants to give you it. Like, 
His desire is that he would give you the Holy Spirit and all you have to do is ask. So here's what I want to do, TJ, if you don't mind, again, we can switch this up if you want. If you would pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because there's many in the chat right now. Here's what I want you, want you to do. I want you to type one in the chat. If you say, Isaiah, I'm believing tonight for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just want you to type one in the chat. If that's you, you say, I'm believing tonight for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I really believe this. I don't believe this is just me thinking it because I want to do it. I believe tonight God wants to baptize you. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of ones. He wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit tonight. Tonight is your night to get empowered, to get changed, to be born again. There's so many people typing. You guys froze my bot. Okay, you guys froze my chat thing. There's hundreds of people typing one. Tonight is your night. Now listen, what if I'm already saved? What if I'm already full of the Holy Ghost? What if I speak in tongues? What if I'm already on fire? There's a second filling. There's a third filling. The disciples in the book of Acts got filled multiple times. Now you got to remember this, guys. Jesus blew the, the Holy Spirit on the disciples in the Gospels. One pastor told me, I never knew that. And they received the Holy Spirit. And then he told them, wait in the upper room. Why? Because I'm going to give you a second wind. I'm going to give you a second filling. I'm going to give you a second baptism. And then the Bible goes on to say, don't be drunk in wine, but here's what it says. Be full of the Holy Spirit. So if you drink wine more than once, no one ever just drank wine one time and they're wine connoisseurs. He says, if you drink wine all the time, don't drink wine. Instead, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So guess what? While TJ's praying, guess what Isaiah Saldivar is going to do? Lord, fill me again. Now, if it's good enough for us, guys, and we're in our word and prayer all the time, we do this. This is like literally what we do with our lives is we pray and we read and we preach. How much more do we need this? Guys, you can't, and I'll go as far to say this, you will not survive the coming judgment, the coming crisis, the coming war, the coming whatever you want to say that's coming on the earth, that's already on the earth without the Holy Spirit. You just won't survive it. It's not this little Chuck E. Cheese church is not going to be enough for you to survive what's coming. Now, again, my chat thing broke. I can only see right now on my pull up YouTube, Facebook and YouTube because you guys have so many people typing, but I want to pray for this. And then after TJ prays that, we're going to start praying for healing. So if you're sick in body, if you have a family member sick in body, this is going to be your moment. After TJ prays, I'll pray for healing to get healed. We'll pray for deliverance. If we get words of knowledge, if the Holy Spirit wants to start releasing that, we'll pray that. I also want you guys after when we pray for healing to type out what you need healing for. What are you believing for? And here's why I'm going to have you type it once TJ's done praying. Number one, so that we can come in agreement with you so that we can be specific. I know one of the mistakes we had we had planned to talk about, we didn't have time to, was not being specific when we pray. I wanna pray specifically for people and also those of you in the chat that are also praying, this is now becoming a global prayer room. Okay, there's 2,800 of you. This is a global prayer room right now. That's what we're turning this into. So if you're praying, I want you to also be praying for people in the chat when you see prayer requests. So we're just gonna turn this into a house of prayer right now. Um, TJ, just go ahead. If you wanna give us a quick intro here, lead us into the baptism, those that want it to ask for it and we'll, we'll pray the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the Bible says in John chapter 16, Jesus began to talk about his departure, that he was about to leave, and he recognized the disciples were like getting sad about it. And Jesus said, why has sorrow filled your heart? It is actually to your advantage mm. that I go away. If I don't go, I can't send you the helper. But if I go, I'm going to pray the Father. The, the greatest gift God gave to this world is Jesus Christ. The greatest gift God gave to the church 
is the Holy Ghost. And he said, I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to send you the helper, the paraclete, the one who will come alongside. You know, the same power that's been in me, Philip, that's enabled me to cast out devils. He said, I cast out devils come by on. the spirit of God. That same power that when that woman with the issue of blood stretched forth and touched the hem of my garment and automatically virtue flowed from me. And immediately she was made well of an affliction of 12 years. Yeah. Remember that same power that that man that came to me, blind Bartimaeus, that was blind. And all I did was touch his eyes and his eyes came open that's a river of life that's going to be flowing out of you john 7 37 he said that uh, on the great day of the feast he stood up and he cried aloud if any man is thirsty so the only prerequisite now that you're saved now wow. that you're born again if you have your name written in the lamb's book of life and the blood of jesus has cleansed you then you're the only prerequisite outside of that is you need to be thirsty blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness they shall be filled he said all that are thirsty come and drink and he said for out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. If your Christianity has become stale, if your walk with God feels like you're parched, it's because you need to be filled and filled again. Like Isaiah said, Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Then Acts chapter 4, just two chapters later, they're praying and asking God to fill them again. And the place where they were gathered was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak the word with all boldness. Isaiah 44 and verse 3 says, God speaking, I will pour water on him that is thirsty, speaking of his spirit, and I'll pour floods on dry ground. Are you thirsty? You have to have the cry David had. When he said, Lord, my soul longs for you. Lord, my flesh thirsteth after thee to see thy power in the sanctuary. If you're content with just some status quo, weak, death, dead, uh, dead Christianity, just like bunched in with every other religion, no signs, no miracles, no wonders, no miraculous works being done and wrought through your life. If you're content living a really crappy prayer life where when you pray, it's like 15 minutes went by and it felt like 30 hours, then, you know, you can X out. But if you're ready to take it to the next level where now the Bible says the spirit himself begins to pray through you with groanings that cannot be uttered the perfect will of God where Jude said beloved pray always in the Holy Ghost man that prayer language is going to help you tremendously because when you don't know what to pray for he'll begin to pray through you the perfect will of God and when you feel weak when you feel tired and you're like Lord I don't know what to say you can pray in that prayer language hallelujah and you're going to start to feel edification coming in a charging up of your spirit i tell you whoever's watching right now man or woman or child if it's your children that are watching tuned in i pray right now father you said in the name of jesus you said that if we ask you for a a, a piece of bread you wouldn't give us a stone you said if we asked you for a, 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 an egg, you wouldn't give us a scorpion. If we asked you for a fish, you wouldn't give us a snake. And you said, you evil parents know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? I pray from heaven. Let fresh oil come on your people tonight. Let the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire overwhelm your people tonight. Father, fill people right now. I lose the baptism in the Holy Ghost right now, wherever you're at, in your living room, in your car, wherever you're watching this from, in the bathroom, in the shower, be filled it with the Holy Ghost from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Ye shall receive 
power, dynamite. After that, the Holy Ghost has come on you. Receive now. Father, say this out of your mouth. Father, I receive it. Father, I receive it. I'm not begging for it. I realize it's a gift. It's already put on the Christmas tree. I'm just unwrapping it and I'm receiving it. Now I pray you begin to speak in tongues. If some of you, I can tell, some of you are already feeling someone like said a, their jaw a shaking, just speaking spirit. it. Yeah, someone just said my jaw shaking. Just open your mouth and speaking it. I don't want to interrupt you, TJ, but I know people in the chat are saying my mouth's vibrating, my mouth's shaking. Just begin to speak it out right now. She no no more just speak it out loud let it don't hold it back open the faucet you know what the great news about a prayer language is the devil don't understand it Come so on. he can't do anything to disrupt your prayers hallelujah in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. And I want to say, guys, this is God's desire for all of you. If you look at 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, this is your language to God. This is not a language for interpretation. Some of you in the chat are like, are you speaking in tongues with no interpretation? That is not what this is. This is the ability to pray in the spirit, which is what 1 Corinthians 14 distinguishes, much different than 1 Corinthians 12, the interpretation speaking in tongues. And this is the desire for God for every believer. So don't believe the lie that I can't do it. God doesn't want to give it to me. If you live your life in unbelief, you'll never get it. But if you say, Lord, I know you want me to have this. I've been full of your Holy Spirit. All I need to do is open up my mouth. Then right now, begin to open it. Right now, someone just said, I got it for the first time. If you, When you get it, not if you get it, not if you get it, when you get it, start speaking and don't stop. I want you to pray as long as you can. Your spirit has been longing to pray out of you. This is the heavenly prayer. This is not speaking in tongues. This is the prayer language. This is praying in tongues. I can't say this enough for you to pray. And the Bible says that this is you uttering mysteries to God that man cannot understand. Again, the, the speaking in tongues could be interpreted. Praying in tongues cannot be interpreted. This is your one-on-one -on -one with God. This is not for preaching. This is not for interpretation. So don't say like, oh, you shouldn't do it out loud. This is specifically for you praying with God. First Corinthians 14. So Father, we pray, release it in Jesus' name. Now, right now, here's what I want to do. As the power of God is moving, God wants to release healing. We know it because we gave you guys a bunch of verses. It's in his word. I only want you, listen real closely. There's 2,900 of you, so it's going to get real, real... Uh, fast in here. I only want you to type right now if you need divine healing, okay? What I want you to do is I want you to type out what you need healing of. Now, if everyone starts typing amen, hallelujah, you guys are going to freeze all the chats because it's too many comments coming in at once. So I only want you to type out what are you believing for. Now, whatever that is in your body, you are going to see a miracle through your hands. You are going to lay your hands on yourself and you're going to begin to pray and the power of God is going to begin to move through you and bring, bring healing. So Father, we pray right now over Darlene's neuropathy. We pray over Alexandra's allergies. We pray over William's liver. We pray over giant Joanne's diabetes. We speak healing in Jesus' name over Kendra's rheumatoid arthritis. Okay, right now it just froze. I'll look here manually. We pray right now over gallbladders in Jesus' name. Multiple sclerosis, be healed. Kidneys, coughing, fibroids, nose pain, ligament tears. We say be healed in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that you would release your healing power. All cancers, many of you in the chat right now, we break all cancers now. Thyroids, be healed. Bladders, eczema, be healed right now. In Jesus' name, we say back pain. Minds, be restored. Someone said dementia. Be healed in Jesus' name. Vertigo, be healed in Jesus' name. We command all these sicknesses and diseases, 
We right now, we say, come in alignment with the word of God in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no power. You have no authority. I bind every spirit of infirmity and sickness now. Go in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray loose healing. Leukemia for Terry, be healed right now. Asthma for Melissa. Glaucoma, be healed. Shoulder pain, broken arm. We speak over you right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. Skin cancer right now. We just say, Lord, bring your healing. We command your body to come in alignment with the word of God in Jesus' name. A lot of people in the chat with teeth pain. Right now, I speak to every every one of your teeth, and I say, come in alignment with God's word. You know the Bible, Jesus didn't say, go pray for the sick. He said, go heal the sick. We've been given power, and this is what you talked about earlier, TJ. We've been given power to take our authority and to speak those things or not as though they are. Now, the Bible does say to pray a prayer, uh, get the elders and pray a prayer of healing. So it is biblical to pray for healing, but I want you to notice Jesus did not say, go pray for the sick. He said, go heal the sick. So right now, we speak the healing power of God over you right now. Over Regina, we speak over your lungs right now. Oh, Michael, over your gums. We say be healed in Jesus' name. Teeth be restored. Hip be restored right now. In Jesus' name, varifose veins, not sure what that is, but I speak the healing power of God. Father, just release your your healing power right now. Right now, it's being released in Jesus' name. We command all sickness to go now. Go in Jesus' name. You have no power. Blurry eyes, we speak to your eyes. Listen, you need to lay hands on your eyes right now. We say eyes, be healed in Jesus' name. Cataracts go right now in Jesus' name. Blurriness go in Jesus' name. We speak right now, be healed. Arthritis, we come against you now. You have no power. In Jesus' name, we speak healing. I don't know if you have anything, TJ, you want to pray specifically for healing, but we just release the healing power of God right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, right I, I knees, want you be healed. You're at, just to lift your hands and begin to thank God. Yes. Thank God in faith. Thank God that you've received healing. You know, we don't go by how we feel. doesn't matter what you feel. We go by what the Word of God says. The Word of God is the truth that trumps uh, your feelings. And the Bible says it's by his stripes we're healed. And James 5, like Isaiah said, when the prayer of faith is offered, the Lord shall save the sick and shall raise him up. Come on. So we've done our part. We've done our part, our tiny little part to pray. But God is doing his part. Some of you are already feeling it. Some of you might not feel anything. But the fact is, you're both just as healed. Just like when you got saved. Some of you felt something. Some of you didn't feel anything. Both of you are are saved. Why? Because we believe his word. In the same vein, we receive Christ as Lord and Savior of sin. We've received him now as Lord and Savior from sickness. The Bible says that he, he loves his body. And he would never do anything against his body. If you, you have to be convinced tonight that healing is the children's bread. Come on. Healing is something that is, uh, you're right as a, as a son and a daughter of God. It's not something you have to beg for. It's your right. It is your right. And the same way you don't tolerate sin in your home or sin in your, bo- in your spirit, you should not tolerate sickness in your home and sickness in your body. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on. You were bought with a price and you're to glorify God in your spirit and your body. And the way you do that is by being healed, staying healed, and walking in strength. Thank you, Lord. And guys, I want to pray a prayer of deliverance over you. For those of you that are asking in the chat, I need deliverance, I need deliverance. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer of deliverance. 
We're going to command, which is what the Bible tells us to do. Jesus commanded the demons. We're not going to beg them to leave. We're not going to convince them to leave. We're not going to negotiate. We don't negotiate with terrorists. We're going to command them to leave you and they're going to leave you. Now you already know because you're part of our community. We have a deliverance map. If you need a one-on-one session with someone to give you some more time, you can check out our map and connect. But right now we are going to drive them out. Okay. We're again, we're throwing them out the window. We're driving them out. We're not saying, Hey, if you feel like leaving, if you want to stay for a couple more minutes, we're, we're commanding them to go. So right now I'm going to look at the camera and we're going to command these demons to go. If you need deliverance, this is your moment right now. It doesn't have to be, we don't have to call it the exact thing. We're going to, we're going to bind these things and we're going to command and believe. So right now in Jesus name. Okay, here we go, guys. We bind every unclean spirit that can hear me. We bind you now. You have no power. You have no authority. The Lord Jesus Christ rebukes you Satan and we command you to go into the abyss and to never return we bind you unclean spirit you've lost your authority you've fallen like lightning and we command you to go into the abyss Satan you are defeated the blood is against you the blood of Jesus is against you Satan every contract every assignment every ruler every authority we break your power now we break these generational curses we break these assignments we break right now addiction you have to go and Jesus name Jezebel your power is broken in Jesus name and I say the same thing that Moses said to Pharaoh let my people go Satan let them go in Jesus name we're not negotiating we are taking our right you must be obedient you unclean spirits you must obey the word of God and the word of God gives us power and authority over you so in Jesus name every spirit must go now up and out in Jesus name according to Mark 1 come up and out in Jesus name you are bound now and I break the assignments of the enemy now the plan the Bible makes it very clear the devil has a plan for your life TJ said it tonight and we break the plan we come against the plan and I pray the blinders would get removed off of you I play I pray the blinders would get removed I know someone said deliverance for families I pray Lord that you would bring your delivering hand over families over kids if you need a kid that needs to get delivered or saved just begin to pray we pray the delivering hand of God the delivering power of God I speak as for me in my house we shall serve the Lord the Bible says there's coming a day where long lost families are gonna run to the Lord and come back to their senses and I pray those that have been long lost would come back to the Lord in Jesus mighty name father we just pray right now for your delivering power friend I want to tell you that you've been freed by the power of God as TJ said you got to believe that God is setting you free that God is delivering you that God is healing you and that God is filling you with with his Holy Spirit you know most people I pray for a TJ that want to pray in tongues they want the baptism what I've come to find is many of them have the baptism they've never opened up their mouth and prayed in tongues let me give you an example first mm-hmm. Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit prophecy guess what friend I have never just sat there and all of a sudden I started prophesying I've I've had to open up my mouth and speak the word of prophecy and it's so interesting because all the gifts we talk about TJ we say you need to open your mouth and demonstrate you need to exercise but the gift of tongues we always say oh you just it will just happen for you but oftentimes you need to open up your mouth by faith and you got to pray by faith like right now I'm not praying in tongues now I could I could start praying in tongues now how did I start that by faith so the same way some people of course the Holy Spirit will overtake them they'll start speaking in tongues but others I've come to find out they need to open their mouth now I'm not saying make it up you can't make up tongues okay I hate when people say oh someone told me to make it up you cannot make up tongues I want you to open your mouth 
if your mouth is there you, if your mouth was vibrating shaking or you feel the holy spirit by faith open up your mouth and begin to pray in the spirit god wants you to have this god is moving if you have anything else tj before we end the holy spirit is moving we're gonna get many testimonies back tonight of the power of god moving in your life the last few broadcasts i've done with you we've had i've had women write in who were like barren come on and doctors told them they would never bear a child again and i've had and i've i've messaged them to you also and i i'll tell you the one recent one and I, so i'm gonna pray for people come I on just, and faith is gonna rise it, up as you read this testimony that's right there was um i think i sent it to you on inst on the message i'll look too in case you can't find it but as i read this i want you you know what god will do for one he'll do for all mm. and so don't take this as here you go don't take this as like oh wow that's great god did that for her you know but i gotta bear my cross infertility barrenness is not your cross sickness is Come not on, your TJ. cross those things are not your cross uh demon possession or oppression is not your cross Come to on. bear that don't get it mixed up the son of god was made manifest to destroy the work of the devil that's the work of the devil listen to what god did for for this lady hi tj my husband and i have been struggling with infertility with our first it was five years and then now it's been almost two years trying for a second one watch the video where you uh and isaiah were preaching at the end you had a prayer just like we're doing right now and uh you prayed for those struggling with infertility that day i was watching and fasting fell to my knees accepted that prayer over my life see she did something there was a point there was a release of her faith she didn't just say mm, well god if you want it like i'll accept it no she felt i accept that i receive it where two of you on earth shall, shall agree concerning anything that you might ask it shall be done for them by my father's power in prayer and the prayer of agreement listen to what happened i want to say that i ended up getting pregnant sometime after that come on i'm now 13 weeks pregnant come on praise jesus thank you for your platform and and she goes on and then there was another one same thing there was a lady in saskatchewan when i was praying uh pastor's daughter she i don't know how long it was doctor said she couldn't have another she had one kid but i don't know what happened uh between then and 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 it'd been like seven years or something like that where she was unable to have a second child prayed over her womb released the power of god the you know resurrection life Come will on. cause anything dead to spring back to life if you have a dead womb god's if you have no womb god is a creative god he can recreate a womb in your body right now if you have a low sperm count or whatever god you don't think god can Come like on, do something just by snapping his fingers today where you'll have an overload of sperm count, if that's even a thing. So don't get discouraged into thinking that you've hit a, a, a dead end. No, there's no close case with God. And God will not say it's over. There is God won't say it's over until you win. God will not say it's over until you win. So we prayed, and uh, I just got a text from the pastor like a week ago. He was like in tears. That is, his daughter is now 12 weeks pregnant. Come on, TJ. So don't tell me god can't do it god did it for abraham and and sarah god did it for jacob and rachel god did it all throughout history the i believe one of the the greatest miracles one of the miracles god is most eager to do one that he's like most pleased in doing is giving uh making people fruitful 
TJ, Laura Vivero said, the very first command. Laura Vivero said, my husband and I have been trying to conceive for 14 years. People in the chat, please, everyone, tell tell um, them my name. I need him to pray for me tonight, please. That's Laura Vivero. So let's start by praying for Laura. Come on, chat. There's 2,800 of you. Let's believe. 14 years she's been trying. Let's believe tonight is the night that God's going to resurrect the womb in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I pray for Laura and I pray for everyone else standing in faith yes. tonight. Lord, you said that you make the barren woman to rejoice like the mother of children. I pray, Father, even as your first command to us was be fruitful and multiply. Anything that's hindering us from being fruitful and multiplying on the earth, I pray, Lord, clear it out of our way. Father, any womb that has died, any womb that has cysts on it, that doctors had to operate on, and as a result, the womb is, is rendered useless. Or people that have, I, I believe there's some of you, you've, you've had an abortion in the past. You've repented, you've turned, but that abortion messed things up down there. Mm. God's going to restore yeah. what the locusts have eaten. Mm. God is going to restore your womb today as you've repented and you've turned to God. God's going to do something for you that, that is impossible for man. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, you said in your word that children are the reward of the Lord. And how blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Lord, I pray, don't just give them one. Give them two. Give them three. As many as they would desire in the name of Jesus Christ. I loose that miracle power of God into their bodies right now. They shall be fruitful and multiply. We shall hear good news. I shall come forth in Jesus' mighty name. We call it done by faith. We thank you, Lord, for Tiffany, who says, I've had two miscarriages before my only son's birth. Pregnant right now, please pray for health and strength. Father, we thank you that you're bringing health and strength and your hand is on Tiffany Abarca's baby and that your word says John the Baptist was baptized in his mother's womb. And Tiffany, we pray the baptism of the Holy Ghost over your baby, that the Lord would guard it, guide it, and keep it. We just pray the power of God. In Jesus' name, Belinda Webb said, me and my husband have been trying to have a baby for seven years. Please pray. Father, we we pray for Belinda Webb and her husband that they will conceive. They will be fruitful. Satan, you've lost your power. We speak the healing power of God over Belinda's womb right now. And we thank you, Lord, that she will conceive in Jesus' mighty name. And you just hit something here, TJ, because there's a lot of people right now asking for prayer for this. We thank you, Lord, that you are releasing healing. You're releasing healing. I even heard the Lord say people that have had trauma, and they know what I'm talking about, trauma growing up. They're unable to conceive because the, the, the trauma they went through as a child and different things. We just pray the healing power of God. There is no trauma trauma that the Lord cannot heal. There is no body part that the Lord cannot restore. We just pray right now for B. Said, I've been trying for three years. Me and my husband, please pray. B, we say be healed in Jesus' name right now. Right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for Jen, who says, I've had two miscarriages. Me and my husband are praying for a baby. We thank you, Lord, that Jen and her husband will conceive. I speak this over you now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you so much, Lord, that you're healing. Someone said, I'm sobbing. The Lord is touching you right now Hallelujah. in Jesus' name bring healing right now god thank you for these people thank you that you're bringing restoration thank you that you're bringing healing right now we thank you god in jesus mighty name be healed be healed no more miscarriages in jesus name i feel the lord saying that no more miscarriages in Come jesus on. name in jesus name your kids will prosper they will thrive and they Ooh. will live and not die in the mighty name of jesus we thank Save. you lord Thank you, God. Jesus. We're going to, guys, we're going to call it here. Unless you have anything else you wanted to uh, to add into TJ, I just feel the Lord is moving strong. Um, 
what this was all God let me just say that of course guys we're praying for Bishop Boone's wife he texted me and said she's gonna be okay they, they didn't have to take her to the mm -hmm. hospital we're gonna be praying we'll have him back on but I really feel of course it was not God's will that that would happen but I feel that this was all in God's plan for you to be on tonight TJ I know that the hand of God moved powerfully guys I want to ask you not only so in this broadcast because my first order of business when I get off the stream is going to be sewing into TJ I want to challenge you guys become a monthly partner but I want to also say please follow TJ's broadcast please get in the streams we want to feed you guys we want to train you guys TJ's training up the end time army he's live Tuesday and Thursday 10 a.m pacific time um what is that one o'clock eastern standard mm. time one o'clock so guys you can get it tuesday and thursday get in those broadcasts guys god is growing his ministry god is growing his streams thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the revival lifestyle podcast if you like what you heard go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content and please follow me on facebook youtube and instagram at isaiah saldivar see you next week